Right. So, in order to understand this week's Arachayim, we need a lot of context. So, I'll start like this. There's Yerushalmi and Bav Metziah. Yerushalmi and Bav Metziah discusses the same very famous story of Shem Ben Shetach. Right? The Maisa of Shem Ben Shetach was what? Shem Ben Shetach was, uh, was working and he was in the business of flax. Shimon Shetach had a kisna, but it was a hard job. So Amrle Talmidov, his students, said to Shimon Shetach, Rabbi, let's make it easier for you. Let's get you a donkey. It's going to help you with your flax. I always, whenever I see this Gemara, I always remember that when I was in Yeshiva by Sarbat uh, Reilly, he, um, we noticed, he, you know, on, on, on Thursday nights or whatever, you can go to his house and you know, talk and learning with him about whatever the, you know, learned that week. And um, I'll never forget, we noticed that there was no, there was no dryer. The laundry was hanging on a clothesline. So we, we, we chipped in together, some people from the class, to buy him a dryer. We bought him a dryer, gave it to him as a Hanukkah present. And he came to us and he said, thank you very much, but I'm not taking it. I have to return it. So we said, <laughs> like, why? So he said that when he got married, his wife and him agreed as to the amount of Elam Haza they were to have. And one of the things that they agreed to is they were not going to have dryer. So I, whenever I see this come, I think about it. So Shimon Shadrach, he worked in flax. He's right. He's one of the Zugars, right? Before the Tanai, right? He's the brother-in-law of Shlom Salamakim. The brother of Shlom Salamakim, the brother-in-law of Yannick. So he, he, he's working very hard. I don't know why. Connected to the king, you would think, you know, he should be not having to work so hard. But they say to him, Rebbe, let's get you a donkey. It's going to help you with the flax business. So he says, okay. They can do that. And it allows them to get them the donkey. And what happens is that when they bring in the donkey, what happens, the, the Gemara says, there's like some sort of a pearl, a jewel, a diamond hanging on the donkey. And the students are like singing, Rebbe, you know, it's going to be great. Your life's going to be easy now. They say to him, right? from now on, you're not going to have to work hard. You're not going to have any major needs. Why not? Because you have the jewel. You sell it, and you're going to be made mad. So he says, when you bought the donkey, the, the seller knew that there was a pearl. He says, no. So he says, no, then you have to return it. So he says, that's not what I bought. That's not You bought me a donkey, not a pearl. So they say to him back, but for sure, it's mutter. Is the machlagas of the gzela of a guy's mutter or But for sure, the aveda of a guy's mutter. Everyone holds that. So this is the aveda of a guy. So it's mutter. You should be able to keep it. Why do you have to give it back? That was the.
narrative response on this story. Shimon Shadach preferred to hear that the God of the Jews is great more than anything else in the world. The most important thing for him was to have the Kiddush Hashem. So that's why he said, no, he's not taking it. Thank you very much. Now, what is this Gemara? This Gemara seems to suggest that the stone around the neck of the donkey is, is what? Is an Aveda of the guy. Why is it considered an Aveda of the guy and not Aina? What is Aina? Aina is when you sell something that's either overpriced, right? Or you buy something that's underpriced, right? By a certain amount. Why is this considered Aveda of a guy and not Aina of a guy? Huh? He wasn't, aware. he wasn't aware. I'm saying both cases you're not aware. Now I know you're not aware of the value of the thing you're selling, and here he wasn't aware of the jewel. What's the difference? The difference, I think, is very simple. The difference is, is what is the lack of knowledge? The situation of I know, the situation of I know is you don't know the value of what it is that you're selling. So you know what you're selling. I happen to think that a, a, a Bentley car is worth $10, okay? So you're an nincompoop. You don't know anything about cars. But it doesn't mean, right? It doesn't mean that you don't know that you're selling a car. You're selling a car. What happens if I think I'm selling um, uh, a horse, but I'm selling a car? That's not I know. That's a different kind of an issue. In this situation, the donkey that was purchased, the donkey that was purchased was a donkey. The guy thought he was selling a donkey. He had no idea about the jewel. For a donkey, it was accurately priced. It wasn't accurately priced for the jewel. But that's not I know. That's a Veda. The guy lost it. He had no idea that there was a jewel there. And in fact, it's clear that the Gemara there felt that this was literally an Aveda because there was another four cases after that, all of which deal with Aveda without a purchase. So this is more properly seen as an Aveda rather than I know. But as we'll see, it's not really going to make a difference. So the Gemara there, I guess that brings up a whole bunch of other stories, all of which are about Aveda, which is clear that literally meant that this was an Aveda situation, not an Aina situation. When it comes to Aina, we all know the famous Gemara. The Gemara tells us a number of places, including Kedushin. The Gemara says, Ain Aina the Karkos. There's no Aina when it comes to Karkos. What does that mean? That means there's no situation of exploitation of overpayment or underpayment when it comes to kaka. Well, it's true when it comes to metal, when it comes to other objects. There is, right? But when it comes to kaka, there's not. Why? Various reasons given, but among them, that could be like, maybe the person has a specific affinity for that land, right? Over time, land can accrue in value in a way that other things cannot. Various different reasons given, but the short of it is, ain't I know what kakos means, that there's no overpayment and no underpayment when it comes to land. That's the Gemara. The Gemara is clear about this. What is the measure of I know? The measure of I know is a shtus, is a six. The Gemara tells us, the mission tells us that I know Arbakesef, and the Gemara explains that I know Arbakesef, which is a shtus to Mecca. It's one sixth of the of the sale. So what does it mean when we say, ain't I know the Karkot? The, the actual Mishnah tells us there in Bavitsiya, 
The Eil Devarim She'en Lehem I Know. These are the things that don't have I Know. Is Avadim, Karkoeth, Shtaris, and Hektish. The Umar thought maybe other things also don't have I Know. I'm sorry, the Mishnah thought, but the, 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 the simple understanding of the Halacha is these four things have no I Know. Meaning, on these items, if you overpay or underpay by more than a sixth, the sale still remains valid. There's no issue. Okay? And this is, in fact, how the Rambam brings down Allah. We base it out from a Pasuk. The Mar tells us in the Chayris. We learn out the Pasuk of Ainoa. There's two Pasukim of Ainoa. So one's Ainoa Stavarim. And one's Ainoa about, about purchases, about sales. We're just focusing here on Ainoa about sales. Not Ainoa about um, Ainoa Stavarim. So the Gemara learns that from the Pasuk that the Pasuk says like this. The Pasuk says that um, we learn out that it says Achiv. By Achiv there's Aina, but it's not going to be Aina by a non-Jew. Okay? So we learn out not Aina by Karka, and that's from the sort of uh, hermeneutical reading of the Pasuk. And we learn out that there's no I know by a guy. So the Rambam writes like this: that Eilu Dvam Shenelam I know, Hakarkos Dvam Ashros Hakteishes. So Afilu Mocha Shava Elf Dinner Shava Dinner Be'Elf. Even if you way overpaid or way underpaid, Eibah I know. There's no I know. Why? Because we know that we're talking about I know only by Metaltolin, not by Karka, because the Pasuk says Oikanoi Miyadam Misecha. Which we learn out, it has to be metal, something that can be movable from hand to hand. But Kaka says it's not able to be moved, it's not being talked about in the passing. I know it's only about metal, not about Karka. And then we continue and we say, well, what is connected to Karka, right? Yatsu Karkos, so Karka is out of the passing. We also don't include within I know. Avadim, because Avadim are compared to Karka. Zahekish, Avadim and Karka. Fine. So then the, the, the what do you call it? The, the Raman continues. The Yatu Shtaris. Also, Shtaris are not included. Why? She'en gufay konoi. El The guf of a Shtar is not kind of in a, in a transaction. It's what the Shtar says. The 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 document is the, is trying to convey a point, but the actual document itself, the paper has no value. It's what the paper says that has all the value. So again, we look at stars also not having any I know. And then we say no hektish, the same reason that we say no goyim. Why? So it knocks out what's not a misecha. Hektish is not a misecha. A guy is not a misecha. That's why those are excluded outside of this so we end up, what, where could you have exploitation? Where can you have overpayment or underpayment? On anything except Karka, Avadim, Shtaris, and Hektish. Now, I should point out as an aside, that when we say that there's no I know on Karka, that is the simple reading of the Gemara, and that's the way the Rambam understood it. But it's actually a very big Mahalikas Rishon. The Ramban, for example, the Ramban is brought in the Chinuch. The Ramban is a famous opinion where the Ramban says 
that actually there is Aina by Karka. The simple reading of the Pasuk, without going into it now, if you look there in Vayikra, in Parshish Bahar, the simple reading of that Pasuk is that we're talking about Karka. The Pesukim there are very clear that we're talking about Karka. And if you look at Rashi over there, it's an unbelievable Rashi. Rashi says that he has the Darshan, the Mikra, Alei, that is talking about Karka. The Pashup shot of that Pasuk is the Isser of Aina, the Isser of Exploitation on a sale is about karka. But Chazal learned it out to talk about metaltalin. Says the Ramban, when we say that there's no Ainoa by karka, when Chazal said that there's no rules of Ainoa by karka, you know what that means? That means in relation to the dinim of Ainoa. But the love of Ainoa exists by Karka, exists by all of them. It's just in the Dine know that says, what are the Dine know That up until a sixth, you have to return the overage or the underage, whatever it was. And above a sixth, then the sale would be canceled. Do you ever see anything like that? Where you separate, make such a separation? It's kind of intuitive. The law versus the din? Yeah, I mean, how do you, I've never seen like law versus din in yeah, so I, I've given an example over here about that, um, where the Torah clearly has a mitzvah, and that mitzvah is not counted as a halacha. One of the 613 mitzvahs, and there's no dinia mitzvah, right? You you, uh, um, you remember when we, we talked about this in the summer, the mitzvah of the simaches ishtoyashalokach, the mitzvah of a man, right? The puzzle tells us, that kikach ish, when a man marries a woman, so in the first year, is he has to make his wife happy for a year, and for a year he can't go to battle. It's not the same thing as what we learned about in the parsha before. In the parsha before, in the end of Shaifta, when it tells us about all the various different rules about going to war, it says that somebody was... Uh, married, somebody who had a vineyard, somebody built a house, right? All those cases, he doesn't go to war. Over there, what we're talking about is that you're not going to um, uh, you're not going to fight in the battle. You're not going to be a ground troop. You're not going to be a givati. You're not going to be a commando. But what are you going to be? I mean, obviously, we're talking about Mechemes so Obviously, Mechemes Mitzvah, everybody goes. But Mechemes Horoshos, the 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 chassan is going to be operational support, right? The back the the people who bring the supplies to the army that he will be, even if he's a chassan. What we're talking about in kiseitze is the guy already got married, and now that he's married, there's a special mitzvah. Says the 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 mitzvah is what that he's not even allowed to go where he's not even allowed to go to be operational support. Forget fighting. He's not even allowed to be operational support. That's the that's the Rambam and Sefer Mitzvah. You go look there, Rambam counts it as a mitzvah. 
And in fact, the Chenech Council has a mitzvah and expounds on it. It says the Chenech and the Ramam, that means you shouldn't be going on a big business trip. You shouldn't be going away. You have to be around to be Misamech, your wife, for the first year. You're not going to find that in the Torah, the Shokhanar. It's a mitzvah. One of the 613 mitzvahs that there's no din about. It's almost like all the other mitzvahs that no longer apply. They're not in Shokhanar because they no longer apply. But this is not one of the mitzvahs that applies to the base of Mekdash. And yet it's not in Shulchanan. So you do have situations like that. And yeah, but getting back to our point. Our point is that you have a mitzvah of Vainah, says the Ramban. And that mitzvah, that lav of Vainah, applies to Karka. It applies to Karka, says the Ramban. I believe, says the Ramban. Somebody who's ma'anes his friend. Whether by Metalton or by Karka, is for sure over a lot. The whole puzzle is talking about Karka. Of course, it's talking about Karka. The whole Sukkim there are talking about the value of the land, depending on how much time you have left in it. So, obviously, we're talking about land. What Chazal did, they took the Pusik away from a simple understanding. Whatever their reasons were, it's not relevant now. But says the Ramban, there may not be any dini I know, because we say enanolakakos, but the lava I know for sure exists by karka. This is the position of the Ramban. Good. So, so he says, Avar Abisenu Chitshu Ba'ino Tashlum Mishdos Hamekah Habitul Mekah Biyosim Mishdos. The rabbis of Machadesh that there's less than a shtus, you have to return the over to the underage, and the over above a shtus, you have to you know give it back, but but just on these things they took away karkos from these dinner I know. But but in relation to uh, the lava I know, the hundred percent lava I know is there. The chinuch there, the chinuch there says the same thing as the Ramban. He quotes the Ramban. He says, She literally quotes the Ramban from the Parish of Chumash, that idea in the Sefer of Mitzvahs. That there's a distinction between the Dina I know and the Lava I know. The Lava I know applies by Kaka. We say, Ain't I know, because it's only in relation to the Dina I know. That is the position of the Chinuch. And, and the, um, the Chinuch explains, he gives a reason here. Why is it that by Kaka we say, Ain't I know, like a cross? We say there's no Dina I know by Kaka. What's the difference by Kaka? Says the Chinuch, by Kaka, if he said, Kaka, Dover Kaim Lo'elam, Derech Abriya Islam Kobay. There's more of a inclination to be Michael when it comes to Karka because Karka is a medicine oil. Karka stays around forever. Fine. All right. By the way, the last opinion just to mention is the famous opinion of Tysus. appears in a few places. Tysus, I mean, the Tom holds that, that there is no I know by Karka. What does it mean? Ain or no Karkos ad mechza. Until 50%. If you overcharge or undercharge by 50%, then the Mekach is bottle. We say in another carcass, but even there, there's an upper limitation. Right? So, again, according to the Rabbah, the simple understanding is in another carcass, according to Chazal men, literally not. Says the Rabbah, it can't be, you know, save that. The Chinuch and others say what they say. And a third opinion, the opinion of the Rabbah Tam, opinion of Teisvis, um, that there is true in another carcass, but that's only up to 50%. And after that, there is a cancellation of the sale. What about by a guy? What about is there a no by a guy? 
So the Rabbah writes, again, based upon the Gemara that I mentioned before, that Akam ain't like I know. There's no I know when it comes to a guy. Why? Because the Pasuk says, Ish es Akim. Right? Akam shayin es Yisrael, max I know, but din shalonu. But uh, reverse, reverse it is, in fact, I know. This would presumably be the same kind of an issue about Shoshanagach. Right? Shoshanagach, Shoshanagach, he says, Potter, right? Bain Tabe Mood is part of Shosha Akam, which is Nora Shosha Israel is Chayev, right? Bain Tabe Mood is Chayev Nazar Shalem. It's the kind of halacha. When we are when we are exploiting our guy, there's no I know. But if a guy is exploiting us, there is I know. It's not the kind of thing you want to make public, right? The Gemara tells us on the Kama that the Shnei Sadechius, when they heard this halacha, said, Your whole tire is Amos Viatsev, except for this one halacha. We can't we can't accept such a halacha, but in Anumadi and Lamalfas. This almost sounds like the same thing, but I want to show you that even though that's what it sounds like on its face, in the pure know sense of it, that there is no dine know when it comes to a guy, and you could, in theory, exploit a guy under the rubric of the dine know it's nevertheless, in practical terms, absolutely forbidden. It's absolutely forbidden to have know for a guy. Why is that? So why is that? Says the Says the what he calls, says the the Ramah and Khashim Mishpah, the Ramah writes like this. The Ramah writes, this is going on on, on stealing from a guy. If you steal from a Jew, you're over on the lab of Lai Tignaibu. And this is true Even if you steal Mammon of a guy, you have to return it. You're not allowed to steal from a guy. Haga, the Ramah writes, Tos Akum. What happens if the guy made a mistake? If the guy makes a mistake, are you allowed to take advantage of the mistake? Huh? Yeah. So what happens if you help him make the mistake? Like the Gemara brings down in a few different places. The Gemara says, you may help to make a mistake. So what do you do? You you confuse him as to what the cheshmer would be. So he makes the mistake. You help him out make the mistake. Um, is that is that what they're not? So says the Ramah. If a guy makes a mistake or you help make the mistake, so then you have to make sure he doesn't know that there's a mistake. So there's no chel Hashem, in which case it would be mutter. However, then he continues, and you know that the way the Ramah works, when it says the Yeshayim, then he has another Yeshayim, which is the Halacha. Right? The last Yeshayim, right? That's the Halacha. The Yeshayim, the last Yeshayim is this. The Asr Lahat Oisai. It's Asr to help the guy make a mistake. However, Elam Tomei but if he makes a mistake on his own, then that will be Mutzer. So if it's truly the guy making his own mistake and he never finds out about it, and you didn't help him whatsoever, and there's no Chil Hashem possible, so then in theory it will be Mutzer. However, however, says the smile over there, the reason that we say, that it's usher to help the guy make a mistake is because it's usher to be going to das habrias. That's what Shmuel says at the end of Kulin. Shmuel says it's usher to do ganevas das even of guy. It's usher to do ganevas das even of guy. And in fact, we bring that down in Cheshem Mishpat as a halacha. Says the Shochanar, usher l'ramais b'nei adam b'mekach l'memkar. It's forbidden to cheat the guy when it comes to purchases and sales. A lignev daitam, or to have ganevas das of their, you know, to, to, to confuse them, trick them. You have to give them, you know, the full appraisal. If, if you're selling them a, a, an animal, 
And that animal has a mum. You have to tell them about it. You have to let them know. Even if it's a guy. Don't sound like meat that he thinks is geshachta meat, but it's really an avela meat. You have to be honest. You have to tell them exactly what they're getting. And that means not being going to die So what does that mean? That means you're not able to help them make any sort of a mistake. So what is there's a situation where the guy is selling you the Bentley, right? And that Bentley, he thinks is worth $100, but you know it's worth $100,000, right? So in that situation, the only theoretical way it could be possibly mutter is if somehow he was so clueless and there was no possibility of chil Hashem, right? No one can ever ascertain that by definition. But I wanted to the guy's got to come home and say to his wife, look, I made $100. What did you do? I sold the Bentley. Right? You can never ascertain that. So by definition, you're never going to be able to say that there won't ever be a chil Hashem. So always it's going to be awesome. In, for all practical intents and purposes, right? But if you were in any way to say to go, but look at the blue book value on that Bentley. You see, it has that scratch in that market. It's from that year, you know? And you you have a blue book value that's like, you know, the old blue book, and now they have a new blue book. Like, So he thinks he's getting the right information, but you're helping him make the mistake. So even if he's never going to ask anybody any questions, he's never going to, he doesn't have a wife, he's not going to, he's a loner, he's a, He's an you know an aesthetic. He lives in the middle of. Uh, he's a hermit. He doesn't talk to anyone. If you help him in any way, get the wrong idea on valuation, absolutely awesome. And that's not a question of chil Hashem. Right? Chil Hashem is only there if you're not helping him make a mistake. But if you are helping him make a mistake, then there's no chil Hashem. It's not the chil Hashem that's the issue. Get chil Hashem. You're not allowed to be going to das abrius. Period. Not because of Chalash. Right? So that by definition means that in reality, you never have the ability to go out and trick people. Either because you can never ascertain that there won't be Chalash in the future, or because you somehow insinuated something that got them confused about value and to take on the wrong valuation. Over there, by the way, is a very famous Barak Gaila. It's worthwhile just to mention, it's a very famous Baragola. Baragola writes, the Anikosis I'm writing this for generations. I want everybody to know. Says, I see a lot of people became very wealthy on the mistakes of non-Jews. He says, and in the end, they were not successful. And they lost all of their wealth. They didn't leave behind them any blessings. Rav Asher Kitshu Hashem, but those that were Mekadosh Hashem Shemayim, Vechziu Tos Akam Vedavar Choshem, and they gave everything back. God Luvitz Lichu Veshiru, and they became really successful. They became very wealthy. And Nichu Yitrim La Nuleim, they left for the children the whole thing. So this, what Barak Gerl wants everybody to know, is that you shouldn't be taking advantage of non-Jews in any way. Um, and that's tricking them or taking advantage of their gullibility, not permitted, 100% forbidden. That's the approach of the of the Veragal. Uh, this is all the context to come to our center. The Archaim builds a lot. He doesn't mention a lot of this, but 
this is basically this whole conversation on this on these psukim is predicated on the, on this conversation that we just had. Norchaim is bothered by a number of things. Since the sale, as it's written in the Torah, seems to be very long. The Torah spends a lot of time discussing the sale. I mean, if you look in the details of the sale, the Torah is making it very clear that this sale was, you know, quite long. It was negotiated. There was rounds of negotiation. Says the Archaim, there were many brokers involved in the negotiation. Avram seems to ensure that the entirety of the B'nai Ches are going to be there during the sales process. Why? Why does Avram insist that the B'nai Ches have to be there? Why can't it be just a bilateral negotiation? And why do I need the repeated rounds in the negotiation? And why do I have to talk about the Yitzin League? And why is it talking about constant about the Ma'ara? And what about the Soda? Soda Asher What it seems to be, says the Archaim, is that there's a lot of detail in this sale that we don't understand why Avram is so insistent on some of the details around this negotiation. That's where he's starting. One additional starting point. The Archaim is assuming that there was an astronomical value to the Maris HaMachpela, and he quotes a Zayar that says that Ephraim only saw Behola and 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 Cheshach in the Ma'ara. Ephraim looked into the Ma'ara, and he saw darkness, he saw blackness. Avram looked into the Ma'ara, and he saw gold, right? Avram looked into the Ma'ara, and he saw tremendous value. Ephraim looked into the Ma'ara, and he saw nothing. He saw the abyss. Says the Archaim. There was an astronomical value to this. Now, what he doesn't say is he doesn't say why. The Archaim doesn't say why Ephraim would have thought that there would be an astronomical value here. I would like to make an assumption. The assumption I would like to make is that Ephraim, I'm sorry, that Avram Avinu knew the tradition that Adam and Chava were buried there. Right? The Gemara tells them about Basha, about Rabbi Benoah. The Rabbi Benoah went, he would go out and mark Varim. You know, the Shem, Shem Rechai did that. A lot of people uh, did that. It was a nice thing to do in those days. They didn't have the kind of headstones that we have today. So you needed to have markers. Adam should know where to go, where they can't go. Where in those days, even the people kept coming to house. They had to know where to go, not to go. So the Rabbi Benoah writes, I'm sorry, the Gemara Basarat, the Rabbi Benoah was Motala Marat of the Adam Rishon. When he got to the Ma'ara of Adam Rishon, Yotusa Basko, right? The, 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 um, the, the heavenly voice comes out, the Omanis Katnis Takalta, but Musti Yukni, but Yukni Atmaltistaka. And said, Listen, you already wanted to go look at Avram, right? That was the Gemara before. They saw Eliezer hanging out by the Ma'ara, and he asked, that, and he wants, wants to go into the market caver. And he says, what are they doing in there? He says that they're embracing. They're having an intimate embrace, Avram and Sarah. And, and, um, and Rabbanoth says, yeah, but the, the high Alma, there's no, there's no prurient thoughts. Whatever he can go and do his business about marking up the grave. So now he wants to go visit, visit the Mauritian's grave. So Basco comes out and says, you looked at my Demusti You looked at the copy of me, which is what? Avram Avinu. But Bidiyukni, look at me. 
Kalmachem, whatever that means, but that's what does that mean? That's the past the beginning of Bereshis. That what? Nasa Adam Bitzalmenu Kidmuseinu. To look at the Yubmi? No, you're not allowed to. Don't go. So the Gemara says that Rabbi Noah, he didn't take the Basque call at its word. He responded to the Basque and said, Habbeinu, it's in I have to go and mark up the cave. How am I going to do it if I'm not allowed in? So the response of the Basque is, Kimidas hachitzayna kach midas hapnimit. Right? The way... We don't exactly know what the Mars. No one's ever seen even the Arbel girl who went down there in 67 and all of that. Right. She only got to a certain place and then it was like blocked. So no one's ever gone down to actually see these caves. But what it is supposed to be, right? What we have today in the quote unquote Mars has nothing to do with the Mar, right? That's all the, the Herodian structure that was built on top. Um, but them under the ground, right? Are either one cave on top of another cave, or one cave and then inside another cave. So the Gemara says that Adam is buried in the inner cave. Avram, the Avas, they're buried. The Avas and Moth, they're buried in the outer cave or the lower cave. So, so the the Gemara says that they responded to Rabbi Benon and said, Use the same in you know uh, um, mathematics. The way it was in the outer cave, that's the way it is on the inner cave in terms of how to measure. The one who says it's one on top of the other. The 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 I'm sorry, the, the upper cave, the cave of Ravama Vinu and the Avasimas is the same as the lower cave, which is on a Mauritian. Okay. Fine. That's what he did. Well what what uh um just to finish off on that Gamari, Mark says that Rabbi Vino saw the the heel of Adam Rishon, and he said, It was so shiny, it was like, you know, uh, the sun, like two orbs of the sun. That's the body saw from Adam Rishon. Anyhow, what we see from here is that according to the understanding of Chazal, Adam Rishon was buried there. So if Avram had that tradition, then Adam Rishon was buried in Mars and you can understand what? You can understand what Adam Rishon's burial space would be very valuable to Avram Abin. Right? It's like well, some people will pay a lot for something that's nostalgic for them. Even if in the open market, I think there might be a former president that right now is making some of these kinds of arguments in court, right? What did he say? He said, the appraisal that's taking on the values of my property and saying it's worth 50 million or 100 million or whatever, it's undervalued. It's really worth a billion. And he said, what do you mean? The appraisal, how did we get it wrong like that? So it doesn't mean the appraisal got it wrong. It means that there's certain properties that have a, a value, a nostalgic value. They have an interest for a certain kind of buyer. The appraisal person doesn't look for that one-off crazy buyer who's going to be willing to pay astronomical price. The appraiser is looking at the market value for what reasonable people would pay for this property. So they look at income, they look at expenses, they look at replacement values, they look at the normal indicia of permutations of value with minimal deviations. But can you have some sort of wacky person who has some particular fascination with Donald Trump for him. It's like a memorabilia item, right? And he has the money to spend for him. He may want to pay for Mar-a-Lago a billion dollars and not 27 million, right? Such a thing is possible, right? And that's the 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 point that's going on over here. says so about that. Aram Avinu, for him, this cave was immensely valuable. For the people of B'nai Ches, for Ephraim, 
There was nothing. There was no value. It was just a cave. So Avram, according to the Arachayim, is playing a little bit of a game. Not, duplic not duplicity, but of a, bit of a bit of a game. Because what Avram is concerned about is that eventually the Bnei Ches, eventually Ephraim, they're going to say, whoa, 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 you tricked us. All these rules about Ainah, all these rules about Ganevis Nasan, you didn't explain to us the real value here. The father of all mankind is buried here. Oh my gosh, I would have known that. is a joke. I would have wanted This is the fear, says the Archaim, that is animating Avramabinu and causing this sale to take place with all the indicia that it does. Says the Archaim, Avram did his utmost to ensure that there will be no potential challenges in the future. This is Pasuk Beit. Says the Arachayim, Why did Avram insist that there have to be all the Bnei Ches around during the negotiation? After the negotiation, most people don't want to do a negotiation. They want to have a bilateral negotiation. You don't want to air your dirty laundry out there in public. Everybody has to hear everything that's going on. It's not, a, not the kind of thing that most people do, right? You want to... The, the people who really... You know, get things done. They do it quietly. They're not doing it in public in front of America. Although today, maybe they do negotiate over Twitter, but in the olden days, says the says the Arachayim, all the length, all the all the normally the Torah you know speaks with brevity, with conic approach. Here, there's so much, so much time spent on a what's a relatively simple purchase. So he says, "Bechimi because if you're going to go buy a, 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 a caver, you're going to go buy a, a burial space, you're going to go buy a field, you want to buy uh, something to, to plow, something, you know, a place that you can grow something, you need to have the whole population being witness to this negotiation. It doesn't make any sense. Dal Amas of Karka, it's a few, a few feet that one needs, four by four to bury a body. You don't need to have all this space. You don't need to have all these people. You don't need to have all these negotiations. Says the Arachayim. Um, Why? Because he was being kind of that there is nothing that is valuable like it. It's a one of a kind piece of land. There's nothing like it in the whole world. There's no replacement value. Right? If you're looking for land to grow a crop. So you have replacement value. If you can go the crop the next door and the next acre, what's the difference? We're talking here about a value that is absolutely irreplaceable. So if that's the case, therefore we have to talk to everybody. In order to ensure that every possible pitch of every little pentalum, every dotted, you know, every dot in the eye and every cross in the T, every dot and tittle of the disha of the law is going to be followed, so there cannot be any maharim. There can't be anybody who's going to complain about this day. According to the Archaim, if you look in Pasik Dalit, the Archaim says, why does he have to do so much craziness? It's all about 
piece of uh, a burial spot. Vadai Sheroba Dover Godel. He saw something incredibly valuable here. Shayishma Bikifle Kiflaya. It's worth way more than he paid. Says the Arachayim. That was part of the trick that I'm saying. He keeps on talking about it. It's just a caver to him. So they should say, this guy's a little bit of a wackadoo. We don't see any value here. And he keeps on talking about it as a burial spot for his wife. So therefore, they assume that he's just a wonky guy who is willing to overpay that he can get a very specific plot for his wife. I remember um, my wife had an uncle who passed away some years ago. And I remember him telling me that he bought a plot in Big Chemish. And it was overlooking like a cliff. And he was so excited about it. It's like, you're going to be dead. What are you not going to overlook overlooking the cliff? Not he understood he would be dead, but he was happy that everybody would come to his table would be able to turn around and have the magnificent view. Right? And if you're being buried in the walls, you know, in, in, in Harmanuchas, you don't get such a good view. You're not on the mountain. You don't, you're not feeling the good air. You're not feeling it. So, says the, the Arachayim, Avram Avinu, he is so insistent because for him, and I'm adding in my editorial interpolation, for him, Adam and Chab are buried in. For him, this is an irreplaceable piece of land. This is way, way more valuable than the 400 silver coins that he's paying for it. He's paying nothing for it. Now, if he's paying nothing for it, what does that do? If the real value is way more than he paid, doesn't that bring up my no issue? Doesn't that bring up Yenevas Das Akam issue? This says the Arachayim is why Avram Avinu is doing everything that he's doing making the public negotiation. It is the Archaim now Patikhet. It says, There's two different approaches over here. When they keep on talking about Avraham, they say, You are Nasi. Says the Archaim, that can be understood in two ways. Either it could be understood as you're a Nasi. What does it mean you're a Nasi? You're a strong guy. Remember, Avram Avinu, a parsha before, what did Avram do in Parsha's life? He beat the four great kings of the Near East. We're not talking about a lowly chieftain. We're talking about a guy who clearly has a lot of power. And according to the Pashab Shad of Ayarkas Kanitov, he's got an army. He's got commandos. He's not just simply a shepherd. So if Avram Avinu has such power, if Avram Avinu commands, such a, a delta force, such a militia, they're scared. The Bnei Ches can be referring to him as a Nazi, say, take what you want, take it for free, because they're just intimidated, because they think he's going to take it regardless. If that would be the case, says the Archaim, then they would be later on able to be Ma'ar after the sale. Even if we say, Halakli, Tzuliyah, Vizvini, Tzvini, Tzvini, they would be able to be Ma'ara and be able to say, you know, he forced his way into this. He he really he 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 sort of you know held the gun to our head and said, Hey, either you take it or you leave it, but if you leave it, you're not gonna be too happy. So you only can take it. So there's another way to understand Nasi. The other way to understand Nasi, says the Arachaim, is that when they're referring to him as a Nasi, the Siat Pabistahenu, 
They're saying you're a galhador, you're a special person, you're a righteous person. And so Avram is trying to avoid any possible interpretation of him as being a powerful chieftain, as being a powerful king, and just to be thought of as a galhador. He just wants to be thought of as a tzaddik and a righteous person, and not as the Baal Taqif. Because the more of a Taqif that he's seen as, the more the sale becomes ambiguous. The more they can com complain about it later. So that's part of the, all the gesticulations of Avraham Avinu and the bowing down and the mimachnia himself. That's all an attempt to make it out that he's a nobody and that he really is so grateful to them. It's all part of this play. I get that. That's what he says. That's, that's what he says. It's all part of this play of the way he's talking to come off like Mamish, humble person who doesn't command the big army, who's not going to just take it if he wants it. And this will what? This will stop people from complaining about the sale later on and saying that he took it inappropriately. Says the says the archive that this is why he uses all the people there as, as his brokers. Everybody should be there. You know, like Dina the Bar Metzra, right? Maybe somebody has a rofer, right? Right, A right of first refusal. How do you avoid the right of first refusal? Once somebody's going to say, well, one second, I had an adjacency. I had a property right next door. You never asked me about that. What's the answer? Everybody's there. This was all according to the Archives. This whole thing was a plot. Avram Avinu planned this out because he wanted to make sure that this sale was the dirty dirt, that no one was going to ever challenge the veracity of this sale. So he did it which is not what you normally do with the negotiation. And he did it in a way that he he was mocking himself and humbling himself and I don't deserve anything. And all of it done so that they should offer them for free. As a matana, because, says the Arachayim, because if he didn't take it as a matana, if he took it as a sale, what would happen? There's potentially a what? An error. What's the error? You sold it to us for, for 400, right? But you knew it was worth 4 million. And that's the problem of I know. Right? Even if it's not, I know it because even if it's not, I know it goes, but there is Ganevis Nasa Akum. Right? There is had there is this kind of hot taste of the Akum of confusing them, which according to the Rakhim is learning here, clearly he's helping them get confused. So therefore, says the Rakhim a new development, the Yitanli, give it to me, the Matana, give it to me, Khalid, give it to me in any way, just not on the value. I and the value, any appraisal would always say that. 400, way overpayment. Way, way overpayment. No, says the Archaim. The real value was astronomical. Way more than 400. So in order to avoid any chash, any chashad that somebody might have of what Avram did here, therefore he does all the things that he does here in an attempt to make sure everybody was in agreement. Everybody saw this. There was no debate about it. There was no growth for rights. He humbled himself. He got Azamatan. He also paid for it, even though they wanted to give it to him. All of which, that there's no way to ever back out and say, oh, you know what? That was taking advantage of it. But that so far is the archive. But.
I just want to get to that a little bit. I want to touch on this thing. So what's the problem with this? Is the Arachan. The problem is as a matter of Pasha Right, there's two, there's two problems. One is very anachronistic to discuss Ainalakakasim. There's no Ainalakakasim concept of Ramadan. It doesn't exist. The concept doesn't exist. Ain't Ainalakakas, Ainal, by an Akum, or not by an Akum. These are all things that are determined in Sinai. It's not, that's not what's going on in Ramadan's mind as a matter of Pashupshan. Okay, I'm saying. On the das of the archaim, it's not a problem. I'm now leaving the archaim. And I'm saying it's a matter of question. Okay. So the archaim is using an anachronistic view, which is an essentially thing like you, you quoted the Gemara Numa, that Abraham was keeping the call to Rakulong, right? Even Eric Tepshilin, right? So he's keeping everything. So if you understand it that way, then you have to deal with all these problems that the archaim has. So let's take it not that way. Let's say Pasha Pasha Pshat. There's no anachronistic looking back and saying Avraham Avinu is keeping, I know, like I caused issue. Fine. Fine. So you get out of that issue that the Arachai had. But there's still an issue. And that issue is why the Dasha does Avraham want to bury Sarah there? As a matter of Pasha Pshat, we have no idea that Adam is right there. All we know is the Avat and the Iman. The only reason there would be astronomical value in the Mars Machpelah is why? Because Sarah we get buried there, because Avram buries there, because the forefathers and the and the and the, the patriarchs and the matriarchs of the Jewish people are buried there. That's how it gets an astronomical value. But was there astronomical value before me? That I think Pashapshana, except one problem. Which is why is Avram insisting that Sarah be buried in the Maris and Machpelah? He obviously knows about this piece of land. It's a, a, a guy's cave in the middle of his plot, in the middle of the Menechais. That's what Avram wants. So even though as a matter of pressure shot, I can't say that all of them come with them. I can't say that the issue and another cause. I can't say any of that. But I also can't say why he's so insistent. On this, they want to give him whatever he wants. No, I want this. Why? How did he know? And that we don't get from Pasha. That's why I believe that Chazal were intimating this by saying Adam and Chav were buried there in a medrashic sense. You don't have to accept that literally Adam and Chav were buried there, but you have to accept, like, sort of what that Zayar says Ephraim saw darkness. Avram saw a light. The two orbs on the heels of Adam and Avram saw something there. We don't know what. Chazal said he saw Adam and Chava buried there. What are Chazal trying to get at? They're trying to explain something. Why did Avram really want this piece of land? There's no indication of that. So he must have seen holiness. He must have seen something there. And that's why he went through with the sale and all the indicia the way he did. All right, Mr. Friend.